0: Without hardship of some kind, and I'm not talking about cancer specifically, but but without hardship, without want, without the absence of everything you need, without that, there is no impetus to grow. And if you don't have some hardship, you will not
1: grow. Well, that explains the Trump family.
0: I'm Don Hall. And I'm David Himmel. And this is the Literate Apecast. The Literate Apecast uses bad words. If you don't like bad words, maybe listen to it. <laughs> So I was reading an article, and this is actually from uh, June of 2023. And the title of the article is, Do Your Students Possess Both Macro and Micro Empathy? And And the subhead is, Caring for the World is Not Enough If You Continue to Ignore the Hurting Faces in Front of You. And so there was this landmark study In 2017, called Getting to Know Gen Z How the Pivotal Generation is Different from Millennials. And uh, one of the quotes What's the pivotal generation? That's what they call, they're calling Generation Z the pivotal generation. What does that mean? I I don't really know. They don't really define that. Um, But uh, one of the things that the study's findings showed how our youngest demographic of workers, so it's focused on workers, cares for the world. Quote, Every generation has a defining cause that serves as the foundation for its behavior. For boomers, it was anti-establishment. For millennials, it was the environment. Oddly, Gen X is missing from this list. For
1: Gen Z, it Isn't is... That... And you know what? It's standard. As Gen Xers... Uh... How do we feel about that? Ah, fuck off. I don't care. Don't, we don't want to come. You don't want to invite us to your party. We don't want to fucking be at your party anyway. Yeah. Suck, suck my dick. For Gen Z,
0: it is human equality. According to our research, the defining issues that the pivotal generation rallies behind include racial, racial equality, 72%, gender equality, 64%, and sexual orientation equality, 48%. Now, as he talks about it, he talks about in this article, he talks about EQ intervention and looking at the kind of empathy that Gen Z, it, it is a, you know, for this study, so it's not everybody in Gen Z because those general relations are pointless, but he talks about that, that Gen Z generally has. Um, Less of a micro empathy and more of a macro empathy. Now, what I know about and I've read some of these studies because I think it's fascinating is that there are really three stages or types of empathy um, that are engaged in. One is empathy that is uh, in your direct circle for your family for your friends i empathize with you i feel i I, it's not about feelings i understand as best i can where you're coming from the walk a mile in another man's shoes it is i understand where you're coming from and here's what i can do to help you then there is the secondary level the secondary level is more communal It's more about your community. It's it's your city. It's your neighborhood. It's your civic organizations. It's that kind of empathy. Empathy for people in a more direct communal thing, but maybe not people you see every day or you're very, very close to. And then the third is what we would call macro empathy, but that is empathy for people that you will likely never meet Mm -hmm. that are... They're not in your circle of influence, that you you have no influence over at all. And what some of these studies indicate is that that macro empathy is, in its way, a pointless exercise in that empathy without action has no reason to exist. Being, if I feel bad for the starving child in Africa... And that's all I say is I feel so bad for the starving child in Africa. Let me tell you how bad I feel about the star. I am so outraged about this starving child in Africa. And yet I do nothing to help the starving child in Africa. That empathy is nothing if it not self-serving. And certainly not pragmatically helpful in any way.
1: Have you taken to social media to tell everybody that you care about the starving child in Africa? (laughs) That's exactly. Have you put a black box in your profile photo on social media? Have you spoken up about Israel and Hamas? Have you talked about trans rights, even though you've never met a trans person? Mm. Yeah, there's. I, I can't remember the dead kid, but there was a dead kid a, a long time ago. <laughs> I can't remember the dead kid, but there Some was kid, a, once there was a dead kid, there was, it was, it wasn't Casey Anthony. Cause this, I was, newest, I remember
0: this is the newest Jarrett Keen,
1: uh, YA novel that he's going to write. Once there was it, a yeah. dead kid. So I was, I, I was still working in radio cause I remember being up at the top of the stratosphere with Mark Thomas when this happened, and Mark and I talking about it. There was some woman who lived in like Oregon and the missing child was in Florida, which I thought it was Casey Anthony's kid or Kaylee, whatever the daughter's name was. Sure. It wasn't them because that the timeline doesn't work. But anyway, this kid goes missing and there was a news story about like looking for the kid and they find the, you know, it's a terrible story. They find the kid's body in the woods Kids dead, of course. Heartbreaking. The kid was like, you know, three, four years old. It's, you hear a story like that, you're like, fuck, that's fucked up. This woman from Oregon flew all the way down to Florida, across the fucking country with a teddy bear and some other shit. And they, she went and she put it at the site where they had found the kid. And I remember, You know, they interviewed her and she was like, it just, it just breaks my heart that someone could do this to a child. This poor child's life was snuffed out, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, it, it's fucking, it's terrible. It's a terrible news story. Horrible, horrible, horrible. But Jesus Christ, the fuck is going on in your life? You're able to just pick up and you know, like there's nothing else. What about, well, what I would say, what I would say is at at least she
0: did something. I mean, granted, it was pointless. It didn't change anything. It wasn't effective in any way. It did not pragmatically help any other child. But at least the activity, what I see, and I I hear, hear you with the story, what I see in the last, I think probably, what is it? Probably the last nine years, probably since 2014. What I see is this macro empathy and I don't think it's just Gen Z. I think uh, every generation has a certain percentage of people that it, that behave this way. But their activity, I feel empathy for these people. And their activity is to make sure that, every first of all, everybody knows they feel that way. And then second, and probably the more devastating and, and completely unhelpful thing, make sure anybody that does not completely... Align with how they feel about it. Make sure that they know that they are evil. They are a part of the problem. They are the bad people. They are the reason this bad thing keeps happening. And it's 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 a it's a real strange Mobius strip of bullshit, in my opinion. Which is you know, I had a conversation
1: uh, not too long ago. Um, with I like that a Mobius strip of bullshit that's you know,
0: <laughs> you
1: know yeah you know
0: and, and I just had a conversation not too long ago with someone who is she's she's Lebanese she's very 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 engaged in the Israel-Palestine thing um and she's very angry about it and she's very pro-Palestine very anti-Israel and she wanted to have a conversation with me And so she held court for probably 10 straight minutes, which the idea that I would let someone talk for 10 straight minutes and not interrupt them is kind of a record, you know, but I let her just kind of go off. And finally she said, what do you think? I said, I don't know. I said, I'm not Jewish. I'm not Palestine. Um, I don't fucking live there. Um, I think it's horrible that anybody dies, but everybody dies. I think war is horrifying. I said, but I said, how do you I, I said you've used the word at least five times in the last ten minutes. you've used the word genocide against the yeah. Palestinians and she said,' yeah, and I said, well, I said, I'm just asking first, does it matter matter to you that the 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 council by the UN that that determines genocide has not called this a genocide. I said, second of all, how do you feel about the Myanmar genocide, the Uyghur genocide in Taiwan, the Ethiopian genocide, the Iraqi genocide, the Syria genocide, and the South Sudan genocides that are all happening in the last five years and are continuing. How do you feel about those genocides? Hmm? And she said, well, I, I I don't know anything about those. I said, so your concern about genocide is, is really very narrow and selective. And she said, well, how do you feel about those genocides? I said, I don't care <laughs> because I don't live there. <laughs> And I have no control if I cared enough about the South Sudan genocide that it was so important to me. And I wanted to do something, then I would do something other than tell people how upset it made me. And she said, I don't understand you at all. And I said, well, I said, said, I'll go back. I'll go back to the Columbine shooting. And I said this at the time. So the Columbine shooting happened. And mm-hmm. I ran into people that were literally weeping about it. I mean, like just crying about how horrible it was. And I understood that that's fine if you're going to do that. But I wasn't weeping about it. And I had a friend say, why aren't you upset about this? I said, I didn't know those kids.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, and it's not that I don't think it was a horrifying thing. It's not that I don't think it's a bad thing, but it's no worse than the tsunami that hit the Philippines and killed twelve hundred people, or the wildfires in California that destroyed homes and killed fifteen people, or I mean, or nine eleven that killed three thousand people. The thing is, there's shit going on all the time. You cannot possibly. You have to pick and choose, it. and why not pick. pick and choose the person you can affect? That person right in front of you that you can actually do something for, than a bunch of people that you will never encounter, either because they live a thousand,
1: six thousand miles away, or because they're yeah. already dead. I mean, well, so, so a couple things. Yeah, uh, if we think about the fantastic movie Annie Hall. <laughs> god damn it i know i you know cancel me a thousand times for bringing up woody allen but there's the great line toward the beginning of the film where his mother takes him to a therapist he's like you know why are you so depressed he goes because the, the universe is expanding and if the universe is expanding that means it'll all end one day or, you know whatever he says and the mother's like what business is that of yours and it's this great like that's the weight of the world like there's that kind of empathy in that, that like i am everything like there's bad shit happening everywhere and we're all going to die and oh my god the weight of the world and the universe ugh. so that's a macro that's macro empathy, empathy. and it and it is pointless well and it doesn't help anything it you know and i i have a lot of that like it upsets me that Homelessness upsets me genocide it it's it upsets me a lot of things in the world of the shit that I will never touch, people I will never know it it upsets me because I want you know i'm I'm very fortunate in my life. i'm very i, I i've got you know I've had some hardships, but like It it could be a lot fucking worse. Well, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on.
0: Trade that? Would you trade your idyllic lifestyle
1: for someone that doesn't have it? No. What I want is I want everyone. Everyone should have everything that they need. You know, uh, uh, to another quote, band propaganda. There's this quote, and I can't remember the name of the song right off the top of my head right now, but, um. The line is, that's exactly why privilege, privileged fucks like me should feel obliged to whine and kick and scream until everyone has everything they need. I I prescribe, I, I, I subscribe to that. I don't. You know, like, I think that I'm not... <sighs> I'm, I do. I think that, you know, and I, do want
0: to clarify I, I think I that we should I agree that I'm not a heartless piece of shit, but I wanted you to finish and then I will explain
1: yeah. what I said. No. No. So I get the idea of macro empathy. I have it. It exists. Columbine. When that happened, I was in college and it was like, well, this is fucked up. And I was reading the news about it. And I remember that people magazine published a cover story that had a picture of Eric and Dylan, the the two kids that did this horrible fucking thing. And it like, it was stamped across in like monsters or some shit like that. And that fucking pissed me off. So I wrote a story for the, the school newspaper that was basically like, look, what Eric and Dylan did was fucked up. Not okay in any sense of the word or any sense of anything. But, but, <laughs> oh, you had a butt in there. Oh no. Oh no. Let's look at what caused what caused this. How? Would, because what? If we look at what caused this, how can we prevent this from happening again? What was the reason these kids did it? Was it, you know, the parenting, the schools, fucking bullying? Those kids got bullied real bad. There's a lot of things that, and now we can talk about this a bit more. That bullying is bad. It leads to mass shootings. You, whatever. David, and I'm I'm oversimplifying here.
0: David, and I just want to, I just want to, I just want to break in, and I'll let you continue, but. One of the things I read most recently, and I'll have to find it, and I'll put it in the show notes, is that anti anti-bull- anti bullying uh, stuff in schools has resulted almost in mass
1: in more bullying rather than less. It's a, it's a tricky situation, like it, it like human existence is fucking complicated and weird and hard and strange and nuanced to. And, and- and the, the reality, nuance is nuance, which is nuance, and, which is nuance. The reality is, it is
0: impossible for everyone to get what he or she means.
1: Right, so but I, I think, think we should be. Right, but I think we should be working toward. You know, and and we won't we won't be perfect at it, but working toward a world. Where we're trying to give everyone what they need on an equal playing field, and right. and so David, my question, and th- again, this goes
0: back to the heart of the macro, and why I can. But I
1: also want to. I also, to, I also want to get into right. the micro. The micro. Let me get. You know, right, yeah,
0: because I want to get into the micro, but let me tell you why. When you say you want everybody to have one thing, you, you have the macro empathy, and I can say very definitively, I don't have that. It is not that I'm a heartless piece of shit. I mean,
1: you're not, I can, and I, I, can I, I can would be say that. That can be- I will say this, and this is not this is not news to you, and if it's news to you, holy fuck. Like, how, how is this news to you? You have a certain reputation <laughs> as being a you know big fucking loudmouth, you know, well, fucking asshole who bob and yeah, we know that about you. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing like you have a very good heart. You look out for your friends and your family. You you are loyal. You are kind. You are thoughtful. You are empathetic to the people that, is that micro, are in your life. That is micro-empathy. And the reason I can say
0: I do not, and thank you for saying that, but what I can say is why I don't have macro-empathy is that at the heart of it, I am a pragmatist. And whenever I see a moral stance, you call it whatever you want to call it, a moral stance is the easiest way to put it, that indicates that my feelings or my outrage or my... Dis- you, you said, you use the word upset. These things upset me. It's... Fu- plenty of things upset me. But... If I'm not willing to do anything about it, like actually put skin in the motherfucking game and do something about it. Then that upset, that outrage, that macro
1: empathy is it just sits with you ultimately. Well, it's meaningless and it does nothing. It just sits with you and it does it's nothing. Yeah. Meaningless. It is. Oh, when I, it is. I'm going to
0: put up a fucking black square on Instagram yeah. to indicate that I support Black Lives Matter. But if you're not going to show up. At a police station in your in your municipality, right, and have a conversation with the police about how they can reform some of their bad practices if you're not willing to step up and do that, then your empathy means fuck all yeah and 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 this is my issue with the concept of macro empathy is I do try to practice i don't know if I'm always effective at it, but I do try to practice empathy for the people whom i know and i love i want to i i i want to be of service it's one of the you know i've probably told this story a thousand times but i i I remember a woman once this is 10 years ago but she she made the comment that i was i looked so youthful and what i thought she said was useful And I like useful a lot more than youthful. Yeah. You know, I, I, I like to be of use. I want to help the people whom I love, whom I care for. I want to be of service, you know, and yeah, yeah, I, I well, can't be of service for huge groups, thousands and thousands of miles away in genocidal wars i can't be of service to them unless like some of those fucking dudes and, and things i got nothing but respect for these motherfuckers that are like hey i believe that ukraine is being fucked over and so i'm gonna fucking even though i'm just like a like a weekend warrior um and i'm used to shooting bud light cans i'm just gonna throw on some flat jacket and i'm going to ukraine to fight for ukraine yeah i have yeah. Yes, is it misguided? Are they kind of stupid? Sure, but they're doing
1: something, and I appreciate that. So, this is I mean, this episode runs the risk of you and I just patting ourselves on the back at how empathetic and perfectly empathetic, what great examples of, of empathy not, we are. I am not perfectly empathetic well, at think, all. So, but here's an example of. <laughs> And let me just before we I begin this part of the story, I just want to say, good for you, David, good for you <laughs> when I was in when I got involved with Gildas Club Chicago, yeah,
0: and cancer and support
1: and dude, that is again, that is
0: I, and, and and I want you to get into the story, but what I appreciate about your work with Gildas Club is you're not a warrior. You're not a philanthropist. What you are is a creative person. And you found a, a, an organization that does good things for people with cancer. And you said, How can I help them do something that moves the needle? So I appreciate that because that, again, is in your community. It's micro empathy. You're doing something, and because you're doing something, it's not some fucking self-serving
1: bullshit. Well, and it, and it taps into the whole like everyone should have everything they need. So when I joined Gilda's Club, I was I was looking to get involved in an organization where I could help people and make a difference. Like I, I just I wanted to help. Um, my grandfather had just died of cancer and you know when pop was sick with cancer like he had the money to pay for i mean, he had insurance or medicare you know whatever it was but he had the money to pay for it i remember a conversation where they they gave him pills um basically this is before weed was legal but um thc pills to help with his appetite because all the chemo and everything and it was like a hundred dollars a pill And I made a joke like, dude, why don't you just buy weed from your grandson? For like 10 bucks, yeah. Right. For a dime bag, yeah. So, you know, Hoppy had the money. He had the support of people. He had his friends and his family that were there to listen to him, take care of him. Um, I drove him to the hospital for treatments a couple times. (laughs) I was editor of Chicago Health Magazine at the time, and there was a Christmas party. And the publisher was friends or is friends with the CEO of Gilda's club. So there were a couple of Gilda's club people there. And we had the silent auction at this party that was benefiting Gilda's club. And I met with some Gilda's, I was chatting with some Gilda's club people and I'm like, Oh my God, this is the organization I want to be involved in. Like uh, Gilda Radner fucking lover. You know, the second city connection, whatever. Like, so that's cool. But Gilda's club, wasn't just like giving money to help cancer research and find a cure and it was helping people helping people and not just people with like cancer, but helping their family, their family and the their friends. Is, the thing is, and 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 again, I'm very I am very uh skeptical of a lot of nonprofits. Um as you, you know, should be, because we know that like ninety yeah, yeah. percent goes to the overhead yeah. and and what I you know. know
0: what I know about Gilda's Club, and I did because you asked me to participate at one point, and I, and I helped. I did. But yeah. before I did, I looked it up. I took the time, because that's just kind of the dick I am. I was like, yeah, how full of shit are these people? I always, yeah. come, from,
1: I always come from that perspective. Sorry. Well, that's fine, but you do your research, and I you find, like, they're not full of shit. I mean, they are full of Gilda's shit. Club, Gilda's
0: yeah. Club, from what I remember, and I don't know if it's the same now, but at the time when I did this, and this is probably what? Ten years ago,
1: maybe something like that. Five years ago, six,
0: whatever it was. I think you
1: were. I think you were still here. Yeah, you so were so still. Like, you were still living here. So yeah, four or like, five years ago. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Whatever. I remember reading, and I looked through. I went through the numbers because it's nonprofit. You can find that shit out on the on the internet. And what it indicated to me that that what was it, it was like it was like eighty two percent of every dollar donated
1: did went to actual people. That needed it, yeah. Like like eighteen. Yoda's club has been ranked like highly ranked on, yeah. yeah. Like
0: like like they're a serious organization, and 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 the money that you give to that organization actually, for the most part, I mean, you gotta you gotta pay administrative fees, you gotta pay for people to work. Yeah,
1: people need to work. Sure. Yeah,
0: but like eighty two percent is a ridiculously high for a lot of non profit. A ridiculously high amount going to the actual cause, and I went, oh. I'm in whatever you want me to do,
1: David, I'll do. Cause yeah. that's and a I, that's and I, quality organization. And I, I appreciated it then and I appreciate it now. And so, you know, when I would ask BS to tell my story, you know, why are you involved in Gilda's club? Uh, and I would say, because, you know, my grandfather was sick with cancer. He had all the support. The idea that there are people out there who don't have the money to, to help them. You know, to to pay for things, they don't have anybody that can drive them to the their treatments. They don't have anybody that can talk to about it. Th- that's unacceptable to me.
0: Oh, see, see, I, I so have I, a
1: different perspective, but okay, I. I yeah. There are people out there living with cancer, whether it's their own cancer or their family members' cancer, whatever, that are dealing with cancer that's impacted their life. How can I help make that better and easier for them? Because I think that's good. I think that's a good, I don't think that's a bad impulse at all.
0: I think it is the second level of empathy. It's your community. It's not your friends and family. It is your community and you are doing something and in doing something, it's a good thing. Here's my issue. Here's my issue. First of all, if you take away And this is just sort of like a a, a, maybe a grander philosophical argument that may not hold up at all. And I'm perfectly fine if it doesn't. But without hardship of some kind, and I'm not talking about cancer specifically, but, but without hardship, without want, without the absence of everything you need, without that, there is no impetus to grow. And if you don't have some hardship, you
1: will not grow. Well, that explains the Trump family. Well, no, the Trump family had everything they needed from the beginning. And that's why they've never grown. That's why oh, Donald that's Trump that's is a fair. petulant that's fucking fair. child. So yeah. you, look at, you look at someone,
0: and I'm gonna, actually I'm going to give you a, a, the example on the opposite end, Joe Biden. You know, yeah, his family, his family, you know, some of the folks in his family are fucked up. But Joe Biden specifically. But why? So
1: here's empathy. Why is Bo, not Bo, uh, Hunter. Hunter. Yeah. Like, if you look at Hunter's life, he like had everything he needed, but he he, had, he was in the car when his mom and sister died. He was he watched his brother die from this. This guy had some emotional fucking hardships that will break a fucking person well no, no, no and it, I, I don't want to get into the fucking psychology you know, of if of, you want to get uh, hunter psychology. biden but like if you want to get into the empathy psychology. let's why why are we why is this person the way they are why did dylan and eric do the wipe out columbine um, wipe out you, you know what i mean well these things happen they're not excuses like well just let it go they should get off scot-free because they were you know bullied. no No, no, no. but it makes you understand why they did what they did what i gotta say hunter biden had a weird life but going to joe biden joe biden had
0: just as weird a life and joe biden came from nothing he had hardship he had a lot of hardship in his life and because he had hardship and he did not have everything he needed, he worked harder and became who he is today because of those hardships. Now I'm not saying yeah. that that you should just say, ah oh, go fuck the people in uh you know Myanmar and their genocide, fuck them that'll just make them better people. That's not what I'm saying, but what I'm saying is the idea of sort of this utopian, Everybody should have what they need. if everybody had what they needed, nobody would have to strive. No one would have to work harder. No one would have to try to grow. If everybody, it's my problem with Ozempic as a perfect example, actually is if, 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 If being thin is as simple as taking a drug, then nobody will be healthy. No one will have to learn how to be fit. No one will have to work out or run. No one will have to regulate what they eat. And isn't that the opposite of actually growth? So, again... Going back to the macro empathy, to the micro empathy, my problem with macro empathy, sort of that example is, is that you have, uh, you, 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 there's a lot of, and I think it is more specific to, and I'm not going to be, I'm going to generalize. I'll just generalize. Um, white liberal women. Um, who, who just, I'm just saying who... Empathize a great deal with people that they do nothing for. They do nothing for them. They scream and they yell and they make a lot of noise, but they don't actually do anything for these people that they say they empathize with. As opposed to someone who says, this person in my neighborhood is having a hard time I want to help that person I feel their pain I empathize with how they're with the, the, the struggles they're having here's something I can do beyond simply saying oh my god homelessness is so horrifying no here's a homeless person right in front of you you can say yeah. in a generalized I I disagree with homelessness but until you're there to fucking talk to this crazy ass motherfucker who's on meth And you like have a conversation and actually do something, then your care, your empathy for homelessness is fuck all. It doesn't mean anything. Unless you can look at the person you love or the person near you or the person you see on the street across from you and actually
1: do something. Your empathy is empty. There's a quote. That I love, and I cannot for the life of me think of who is... You don't get the quote this week, I did No, I know. I but do. it's... The, the, the writer that I want to attribute it to in my head is C.S. Lewis. It is not C.S. Lewis. Um, but the quote is, Trouble gives us the capacity to handle it. And... I don't know why I can't. It keeps coming up as Corinthians. Like, it's not a a Bible thing, and I, I wish I could find it. Anyway, point is, like, yeah, you know, the best, the tightest fucking relationships you'll find are among war buddies. When you go through the shit together, like, what makes a marriage stronger, what makes a friendship stronger is the fucking shit. And when you come out of it, you're like, if we've gone through this, we can get through anything. You know, it's, I, I, I got to interrupt
0: you real quick. I saw this crazy, it was a, a, a I don't know what it was, but it was Adam Dreimer. I did not know Adam Driver was a Marine. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. And he was giving a talk, and he was talking about his transition from being a Marine to being in the Juilliard acting school. And how everything in the Marines had a purpose, there was a reason you kept your, you know, and, and, and that, that your rank indicated what level of respect you were supposed to get. And that, there was a purpose for everything. And as soon as he got out and, and was in civilian life, he had a really hard time because none of that existed that he had to keep kind of, kind of always proving his worth because there was no rank and. That that he had to that there was no there was no purpose for the things that happened in a day to day life, and he really had a hard time kind of reconciling what he learned as uh, a soldier in transition to being a civilian, and I think there is something. More profound than just Adam Driver. I mean, I, I I found it to be very profound just listening to him talk about. It. I just what's more profound than Adam Driver though? I mean, yeah, it's on. true. But I was stunned because I didn't know anything else about it about uh, any of this about him. And I was like, there's something really profound about the idea that in military there is there is a purpose to everything you do. Mm-hmm and a pragmatic reason for why you do everything that is done. Yeah. And in civilian life, we're kind of making shit up as we go. There is no real, there's no real purpose for a lot of what we do. And it's like, I think that is that, you know, it's like, I, 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 the thing is, I don't want to be hard on Gen Z. I know this has started off as like, hey, let's bash on Gen Z. It's, I don't know, but it's, it's not Gen just Gen Z. It's because Gen Z are kids and every person in the entire history of the world that was 16 to 21 years old were fucking stupid as a fucking bucket of hair. And really <laughs> wanted a goddamn cause. Everybody in those time periods really wanted a cause, and they found one, and they fucking went whole hog until they grew up a little bit, and they went, "Oh,
1: wow, I feel kind of stupid now." But that's that is that is everybody. Well, that's that's like the 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 saying that you know when you're young you're liberal, when you're old you're conservative. I disagree you with know, that. I, I disagree with that too, but. <laughs> It's like, like my my dad. My dad is a very micro empathetic person. Yeah, I he, know this about you. Well, he I, is, yeah. you know, similar to you. He is. What do you? Who in my life? What do you need? How can I help? My dad is all yeah. about helping. I mean, to a fault, I will he say that my dad yep. helps people. Like he 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 collects. My friend Mike Ziegler was like this too like he collects the 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 overtrodden the beaten down the you know how how can i and help them out a little bit but when it comes to you know the larger things of the society of you know black lives matter whatever if you you know people be like well bootstrap bullshit like no man like get some macro Get some macro and then try and funnel it down into the micro.
0: And, and I think if, if if that if it works out that way, w- well, one of the things that and, I, and I, I've said this, I don't think I've said it to you, but I've said this about your dad. Um, Joe used to say, "No, not yeah, no joke." Joe, Joe used to say that 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 I collect that I am. Oh, what's this fucking name? The lion character in the 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 Rankin and Bass. Uh, Rudolph the red nosed reindeer. He's the lion toy who has the eyes oh. of misfit toys.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. okay. And, right. and
0: Joe's concept of every group of people that I've ever put together that I care about is basically a Charlie in the box. You know, it's all it's a whole bunch of <laughs> misfit toys that I care deeply about. That I see your dad in the same way, Um, and and. And I think that's what real empathy is. And that the macro empathy, well, unless you're going to do something about it, really is just
1: performative. It's just, it's but just. real appointed. empathy is also this. Real empathy on the micro level. Yeah. Is. Okay. Don, you've come to me with, you know, you went through a divorce. Your parent, your your dad is sick. You're, you're in a fucking spot, man. Like you don't know what to do, you're, you're, uh, you know, and I listen to you and I, my empathy is, man, that does fucking suck. Divorce sucks. That's hard. Your dad is sick. You got to go back home and take care of him. That's fucking hard. Here's what you should do, Don. Boom, 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 boom. I, I get, I, I understand your pain and I'm going to tell you what to do. But that's not, maybe, maybe that's not what you need to hear from me right now. What you need to hear from me right now as you're telling me about this is nothing. You need to hear nothing from me right now, yeah. which is, hang on, hang on, wait, wait, wait. Don't, don't interrupt me. Let me finish this. Thank you for having empathy for, for your co-host on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so You're coming at me You know you call me and you're like fucking Dana divorced my dad ah. And I could say do this do that And the other thing but What empathy is Is hey man I feel you And I hear you and I get it that fucking sucks Man my heart is Hurting because your heart is Hurting and that's a shitty situation and holy fuck. Ugh. Okay, man. What do you need from me? Do you want me... I, I will listen. I will just listen to you fucking vent and vent and vent. Okay, cool. Do you want some advice? Do you want me to help you? Because... That's the difference between macro and, and micro. And and the idea of... I'm empathetic because I feel I feel bad for Don but now I'm going to fucking jump on his ass and be like, bah, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, well, No, I'm man, what me, do I'm you need? Me. It's, it's asking you. the question and being curious about what this person needs yeah, because then know? I can provide them the empathy and the support not, that they need through not that, that
0: empathy. Not that this episode is, look at how fucking empathetic the two of us are, but I will say- But it is. That's exactly what it is right now. This is- is us. I was going through the bullshit. Um, I want to say you gave me about a week and a half where you didn't give me any advice hmm. you just listened to me and you were angry i was i was angry and then after about two a week and a half two weeks then you started giving me what i will say is really bad advice but it gave me that perspective and I needed that too. I needed that exactly what you gave me, which was I'm just gonna listen to you, vent and I'm gonna be angry for you. Because I had a hard time figuring out how to be angry and not like
1: Well, but to be out, fair, kill
0: myself, you know. I was not angry for you. You were I was for angry for me. You no, know, no, I get it. But the, the the reality was you were not saying here's what you should do. You didn't give me advice until I started asking for what I thought you what do you think? And 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 a lot of your advice was not what I was going to do, but I needed to hear it. Um, it what it reminds me of is, is uh, not long ago, I had a, another friend of mine kind of going through not quite the prostitute thing, but another situation uh, that a marriage gone awry. And, you know, like for the first two weeks, because I took your cue. I just listened. I didn't. I didn't. You know. And at one point, I realized everybody that finds out about this person's situation wants to give him advice. Hmm. And I and I said, I said, everybody's giving you advice. Do you need this advice from me or not? Yeah. And that guy was like, No. Yeah, I want to hear what I want to hear what you have to say. So I'm asking. I I want to know what you think. And so, yeah, so it's it, it's a very interesting situation where because I agree with you, I think that that is it's about empathy is about feeling what the person is feeling, or at least understanding. I don't think it's about feeling what they feel, it's about understanding what they feel, yeah um, and then reciprocating that, trying to listen and trying to to do the best you can to help that person to do something so what i can say in that situation is that your example in that situation i mean joe joe is a terrible example but he's been through three of my divorces. so he yeah he, by the time by the time we get the third divorce he was just like yeah okay i don't want to fucking talk about this like, shit." let david deal with this shit
1: he's yeah. new he's got a fresh perspective i'm I fucking over it i'm yeah. fucking over this shit you keep getting divorced so i get that i don't i don't show it Joe and I are the best co-parents.
0: That oh, very and man. Two best friends I've ever had in my life, and so uh, I, yeah, it's very different, but but absolutely good. Yeah, it, it's good that you know, and and that's one of the things I will give you the credit is that you're, you're the way you dealt with my fucking fallout. I don't even know how to explain it. Um, fallout, yeah. It, it. I mean, it was just. I felt like it was. I I felt like it was bleeding from every orifice. It was the worst experience I've ever had in my life. And I will say, like, for the first week and a half, all you were was angry. And then yeah. you were like, hey, you should try You should think about this. You should do this. And I didn't say go fuck yourself because I, I needed to hear, even though most of your advice was not stuff I did, it was... Good for me to hear it because it gave me perspective on what I wanted to do. Some of the things I did, some things I didn't do, but I didn't, I, did, I don't think you got upset that I didn't always take your advice. I don't think you gave a shit. I think you were just like, this is
1: what I think should no. happen. I didn't fucking care. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, and perhaps that's empathy because, okay, man, like, here's the it's about thing. You. Yeah. It's about, yeah. You're going to do what you're going to do. And then you're going to come back to me and be like, Oh, I made it worse. I mean, like, yeah, okay, but let's, yeah. let's do with that now. Exactly. That's exactly, or, and that was not that, not that that happened, but that's, that's an example of like. No, it did happen.
0: That's exactly how oh. it happened in some cases. Yeah. And, and, and I, the thing is, I think that's a good thing. I, again, I go back to sort of the very beginning is that, that, well, I understand you really kind of embrace a certain amount of macro empathy. I don't because unless it is pragmatically helping someone it is simply it's simply a mask to wear for people to look at and go hey look at you look at look at you on your social media and i i just don't have any respect for that
1: so when i was in israel went to the western wall and you know the western wall is like the holiest place for jews and and a lot a lot of I don't know if it's a lot of religions, but, like, no, a lot, I can't speak for all ne- of them, but, like. It's a nexus for a lot of religions, yes, yes. For Jewish people, the Western Wall is a fucking thing. And despite my relationship with Judaism as removed and complicated as it is, when I got to the Western Wall, it was, dude, it was intense. Like, surprisingly intense for me. Leading up to it, I had written a a note. Because what you do, you know, you write prayers and you stick them in the wall. Yeah, you told her that. And I, I, right. So, you know, I wrote a full page of, in a moleskin notebook. So, like, that's the size of the note it was. And in that, quote, unquote, prayer. No, get, 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 I just, I just, was it
0: David writing or was it, like, uh, John Doe from Seven
1: writing? (laughs) Ha! It was, oh, man. It's a little John Doe because it was great. Okay, it was really because I have shit handwriting, but like yeah. I had to, I wanted to fit it into okay. one thing because I, those I, cracks are small. Yeah. I had to, really I had to make a fit. I yeah. wondered if it was like, like really, no, it was very, school. you looked a little insane. Okay. Very serial bad. killer. Yeah. I've said like, if, if I had better handwriting, my post-it notes wall would be a fucking manifesto of murder, not, yeah. not <laughs> it's murder, or something, but like, it would be like, oh God. Has he killed people? Oh no, it's just like. It'd be like going into the sloth and story the story ideas like, and, you like, know, whatever. Like, yeah, like
0: the apartment that they find in John Doe and there's the one, the phone.
1: Yeah, yeah. All yeah, the deep, shit, the 200 fucking notebooks. Yeah. They would be yeah. very disappointed when they're like, let's look at his fucking writings. Look at his wall. It's crazy. Oh no, it's just like. Shit about cheese. No, you don't write about cheese. I do. But it's, yeah, yeah, it's, you know, it's, relax your tongue is one thing mine says. You know, fuck off. Like, that's a mean nothing. The What the fuck does that mean? It's, it's advice. Relax your tongue? A way of like calming that, yourself down. Is that a yeah. kind funnelingist of thing? It's not, but maybe it should be. It's, um, <laughs> you know, as, you, as you're relaxing, if you were, because if you think about it, when we lay down and we're like going to bed, like our tongue is often at the roof of our mouth. If you just relax your tongue, it relaxes your whole body. That's it's whatever. It's like, relax your tongue, but it's also, it's, it's dual because I've got a big fucking mouth. My, my mouth gets me in trouble. Relax your tongue. Like don't see for
0: for the sleeping thing. It's clench your feet. You know that, right? No. If you're laying and you can't get to sleep, clench your feet as hard as you can and then relax them. Clench your feet oh, again, okay. and then relax them. The more you, eventually, it's like counting
1: sheep, but eventually, it just relaxes your whole body. I'm going to try that tonight. It's the other good. thing that I've found—I I mean, I've known this for years—I've I've figured this out. If you blink, if you alternate your blinking, that will—it'll just make you fucking tired. That it—it will put you to sleep. I'm not going to say guaranteed, you're not getting your money back from this advice, but one, two, one, two, you know, whatever. I'll try that tonight. So in, in, my, in my prayer that I put in the Western Wall, it was, there was a lot in there about my family. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I got specific. Yeah. My brothers, their wives, Katie, um, and, and her life. Katie's family, my in-laws, my you know, my mother and father-in-law, my my brother and sisters, my nieces and nephews. I got very specific about what I was writing about them, which is essentially like happiness, peace, contentment, you know, all the the good stuff. There wasn't a ton of I mean, for me it was like, you know, that I may have peace in this, in this life, blah, blah, blah. But it was really about like the, the people that are closest to me in my life, because if they're at peace and they're happy and they're okay, regardless of what's going on in my fucking guts, I can find comfort in that. Okay. And just I also added, and I just I want to read, this. Was, I read I,
0: this real quick. Was I in it? Was I in the fucking West, West Wall prayer? I wasn't, was I? No god damn it you son of a bitch you break my heart you break my heart your
1: empathy is broken
0: no i'm kidding i don't give a shit what did
1: i say um where is it you go
0: to israel and you don't and you put a a post-it note in the fucking wall and you don't even mention me you don't
1: think the jews need to know about me oh here it is okay (laughs) <laughs> and I pray for peace and I pay for and I pray for peace in Jerusalem. Macro. Macro is fuck. It's bullshit. What does that mean, peace in Jerusalem? It but means like nothing. It means nothing, but it means something because we know and we're living it now. Like there is no peace in Jerusalem because There's, Israel and Hamas it hasn't been peace in Jerusalem for three thousand fucking years. But I knew and I feel and I felt that peace in Jerusalem would mean a larger peace for the world, and I knew that. And I also ended it with um, you know, so. And I and I pray for peace of Jerusalem, peace in the hearts and minds of of humanity of humans. And finally, I pray for longevity in peace of mind and body of mind, mostly for our dog Molly. See,
0: <laughs> the thing is, that's the most important thing. If, if I were at the Western <laughs> Wall, my my thing would have it would be it would be I hope my mom wins the lottery. Um, <laughs> I hope that uh, I have a limitless supply of cheese that doesn't allow me to gain weight. You know, come on, be real. What do you
1: really well, want? Peace, that's and peace p- in Jerusalem. Nobody really cares. Oh, but Don, many people care. You know, they Whether care it's gonna. They They care, but they're not going to do anything about it. No. You know who doesn't care? God.
0: And now, we're back of
1: the news. In maybe people who are trying to game the s- the financial system aren't that trustworthy founder of crypto giant binance pleads guilty to money laundering violations
0: you know i i i have to say my reaction to that is none of this surprises me because i thought from the very get go that cryptocurrency was a bunch of bullshit 110,000% i yeah. thought, thought it was a ponzi scheme from the fucking get go Um, the only reason I even did cryptocurrency was because my sister was so into it. Oh, I know you did crypto. I put $50 in a cryptocurrency account in the Coinbase to see because my sister was so adamant about how, oh my God, it's the greatest thing. And Uh, okay, I did that. And, uh, then I took my 50 bucks out and I went, yeah, this is fucking, this is a scam. And did you make any money? Did you lose money? What? No no I took I put my 50 bucks in and I took my 50 bucks back
1: out what is it, the fucking hokey pokey of finance what do you mean you- I just was like I let it sit there for a little while and it
0: went up and then it went down and then went up and then went down and then I went you know what I, I don't need to pay attention to this shit because it, it felt like it felt like social media where I was checking my coinbase yeah like every day and I went you know what Fuck off I'd rather go to a
1: casino that's just how I felt in, wow, Florida Republicans might be racist. <laughs> Florida Republican Representative Salzar praises Argentina as having, quote, one race. Man. You
0: know, I, here's the thing about Florida. <laughs> I've lived in a lot of places. I have. I've lived in a lot of places in my life. I've lived in Chicago, and I've lived in Texas, and I've lived in California, and I've lived in Vegas, and I've lived in Kansas. Arkansas. Kansas. And, you know, our, our Kansas. Our Kansas. And, you know, I've lived in New York. I've lived a lot of places. There's one place that I'm really happy that I've never lived, and I would never live there,
1: and that's Florida. <laughs> In, yeah, whatever. Uh, her boobs. Susan Sarandon dropped by talent agency after remarks at pro-Palestine rally. You know, before I'm sorry. Before we begin, yeah, I just, yeah, I have yeah. I have to just say this. I I do not mean to diminish or belittle uh, or reduce. Susan Sarandon's acting ability to her boobs. Susan Sarandon is a fucking incredible actor. I love her; she's amazing. But let's be great, honest: great, great boobs, great boobs.
0: But, but uh, let's but be honest. If this she is a story; tits, She would not have the acting career she has. I don't. Well, okay. She she
1: ain't fucking Meryl Streep. Let's be honest. I. I mean, nobody's Meryl Streep, but, but I'm okay. just saying. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Street would have a double
0: mastectomy and still be amazing. She didn't have to have tits to be an amazing actor. Susan Sarandon, God bless her, very good actor, very
1: good actor. Hits made a big difference. In the story that's in The Guardian, the photo they use (laughs) is from a pro-Palestinian rally on November 17th. She is wearing a, you know, a Letterman jacket with, you know, the leather sleeves. Yeah, yeah. It is instead of like her cross country thing or her, you know, letters. It's fucking Simpsons characters. I for take that for she, what you will. It's Just giving her some credit.
0: She's got a sense of humor about some things. Uh, Susan Sarandon. She she kind of got a cue from uh, Jane Fonda that if uh, you were really really. Politically active that that was a good thing for your platform um I prefer actors who shut the fuck up and just do their job. I get it um I like Susan Sarandon a lot. I don't necessarily agree with a lot of her stance and she was way pro she was i mean just so just so you understand in 2016 she was way pro trump
1: was she? Yeah. Well, give me a motorboat right on out of her that's cleavage. That's I don't. All I'm I, saying. Whatever. Okay. That's all I'm saying. All right. So I take it with a grain of salt. Also from the Guardian. And well, what? Where are my pearls? The cl- huh? Trump interview and quote, insult to Hispanic community, ex-Univision head says. What a shot. You know, the thing about it is I, I don't understand. I,
0: I do understand. I do understand. But That's I because you have empathy, it. Donald. I have macro empathy for Donald Trump. No. You have um, micro empathy. No, I don't know the guy.
1: Um, but what I'm saying is I, <laughs> I, I, I understand why. Hang on. I'm sorry. We have to back up. And okay. we, made the, we need to make this very clear. Okay. I don't think either of us have any empathy for Donald Trump. No, not at all. We understand why he is the way he is, but you we are not. So maybe that's empathy, but we're not. No, I don't think that's. Un... I don't think that's. We're maybe great. it's. Empathy. Just... No,
0: it's not. Yeah. There's no empathy to that. I
1: can't walk a Fuck mile. Fuck that, that guy. Man. A thousand I fucking can't walk a mile. God damn
0: I would that, not want to walk in. You know, he, the, the bottom line is he is a gold toilet. I can't walk a mile in, in any. He state. is a gold He's toilet. In, yeah, gold toilet. But the, the thing about it is, th- this is not so much about Trump. Is it's about Univision. It's like, what did you fucking expect? You thought you'd get Donald Trump right. in there and you would get all kinds of ratings. You did get your big ratings because Donald Trump equals big ratings. So yep. shut the fuck up, Univision. Of course. He's a, of course, he's a fucking racist. Of course he is. What are you fucking thinking? You gave him a platform and you thought, hey, we'll make some money on it. You did make some money on it. And now you're going to make some money on saying, oh, he's
1: a racist. You're a piece of shit, Univision. Well, and specifically racist about, uh, you Hispanics, know, Hispanic people, like his, this really whole, like Donald who do Trump. That. In his whole, initial, in his initial presidential
0: run, he talked about Hispanic In twenty fifteen, he exactly. God damn it! What do you think? They did it for the ratings. They yeah. got the ratings, and now they're going to get more ratings for going. What?
1: Fuck them! And man, it felt fucking weird when I was in Israel and we were m- miles away from. Israel's enemies that had peaceful state, you know, peaceful situations, where there were people on our bus tour, this is that were way. going over to Jordan, yeah, that were going over to Jordan as part of their vacation. So in that, Jordan says it beefs up army presence along borders with Israel. Jordan said on Tuesday last week, yeah. the army has beefed up its presence along its borders with Israel. And warned that any Israeli attempt to forcibly push Palestinians across the Jordan River would represent a breach of its peace accord with its neighbor, which I, this has been my concern with the whole Israel Hamas thing, that this is going to start World War Three because Israel is going to overreach and fuck things up with its peaceful neighbors, which is a very tricky, peaceful situation uh so, one, so much empathy number 1 israel doesn't have any peaceful neighbors they're all looking for israel to fuck up they're looking they, for a reason they, they for, are,
0: the, they are your peaceful. angry
1: they are your angry wife they're, looking for a reason they angry they're, husband whatever
0: the neighbor who's been pissed off about that tree that crosses over their fucking boundary you're just, they're just waiting for your dog to shit on their lawn that's all they're doing So it doesn't matter what Israel does. It really doesn't. It's not going to make any difference what Israel does. They're peaceful. And I say that with air quotes. Neighbors are ready to pounce. And okay. um, Jesus, what a mess. I don't think it's going to cause World War III. And I think that the reason it's not going to cause, the reason I think it's not going to cause World Uh War III is because Biden and Xi. Had a decent conversation
1: because it's not World War Three if China doesn't jump in. You that's know, hard. man. When, when shit gets tricky, though, you can have good conversations, and it's great for like a week or two, and then that's right. like that's
0: fair. Uh, if, if, okay, if, if, but I don't think China is looking to have a war of. I don't think they're looking to have a, an aggressive war. I think China is looking to have a propaganda war, and they're winning that so they yeah. don't need to go to war with us. Because they're winning on the propaganda war, so I don't think we're I think World War three is going to be a digital war, and we're going to
1: lose in colleges are not worth the money <laughs> <laughs> or the headache no more schools faced education department probes over alleged discrimination the worst thing that ever happened to
0: colleges was that they they embraced the dei initiatives from 2020 um hmm. and it doesn't mean that because the thing about it was it, you could do it the way you could you could accomplish the goals that you wanted to accomplish without embracing The demands of petulant students. Right now, colleges have the same issue that public schools have, which is teachers are on the shit end of the stick. Administrators are focused on what the consumers do and the money. Colleges are the same. So, yeah. Yeah, colleges are fucked right now. That doesn't
1: mean they're always gonna be fucked. They were they've been fucked before. Well, the problem is that colleges begin universities exist and have always existed as a way to bring minds in to discuss things and figure shit out. You know, let's develop things. But
0: that's not what they're doing. That's and
1: it's no doing. longer that thing. It's <laughs> no longer this is a hive of of ideas and debate and conversation to get to yet. a kind of solution or a new way of looking at things that's that's the magic of of university and higher education you know i mean there's also the magic of higher education that is you know fraternities and you know
0: <laughs> excuse me
1: there's also the 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 Goal of you know a higher education having you know like let's fraternities and and debate and this larger thing but lately it's become this y- you've gone away from the broad scale like universities were a safe place for all these ideas, all ideas. and no longer and yeah. that's a problem but look man I don't think the pro Palestinian uh uh stroke so pro-palestinian cohort fine oh my god david your fucking brain this no i'm not gonna end this let's stay in it pro-palestinian uh, opinions and, and 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 marches and all that that that's that's not wrong but pro pro-israel you know, marches and, and protests and everything. That's not wrong either. You have to have both. Yep. One and the other is not wrong. Anti-Semitism, anti-Palestinian. That's wrong. Should that be taken off campus? Yeah. yeah. But no, I also I, don't, I discreet, went to school. Well, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. College.
0: I went to school. To salute laboratory
1: for free speech. That's it. That's, That's just the thing. Laboratory. When I was at school, we had we had all these, you know. And again, like I went to school like a, a Gen X kid, where there was not a lot of shit going on that really mattered. But we found things, and there was I mean, plenty of course, of things it going did on matter. matter. Like we had, yes, there was plenty. Of th- there was gay marriage. There was trans rights. There was all sorts of shit. And there were protests on the campus of UNLV against trans rights, against gay marriage. Dude. And we heard them out and we went fuck you and we had those conversations. We had a we had Ronald Reagan, we had AIDS, we had just say
0: no. We had the air traffic controller strike that gave the president the power to destroy unions, the challenger exploding in midair, Chernobyl, MTV thriller, the McMartin satanic music preschool panic. That music. Uh, the explosion of fake anorexic and nervosa among teen girls. The eighties was filled with shit. We just didn't go fucking nuts about people not saying it.
1: Yeah, there's it's gotta be a there f there's gotta be a place where we can have these discussions and these college, debates.
0: College is supposed and to be and the universities should be that's that. what that's what they should be the laboratory of free speech everybody no. should have an opinion and everybody should be able to say what they want to say and should be able to have an argument about it it, it, it i i go back to bunkhouse, our literate ape show the art of the dialectic if you cannot argue if you cannot argue in favor of the thing you oppose you don't understand your own
1: Argument, and I believe. No, that I think is, there's a degree. Is anything else? I think that colleges, You know, do you invite uh, Alex Jones to come and speak? I want like, to no, that guy. Point. He's a fucking. Well, because balloon. that guy's a rightful, hateful, fucking no, asshole. But he's a
0: loon. But if 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 he speaks and you recognize that he's a loon,
1: that's okay. That's a good thing. That's but, a good thing to have on the But wound. student dollars are going to, and this is, you know, fuck, man. On the, in, even in the minutia of when I was in school, like we had, you know, student dollars go to, we put on this this uh, big if music you, event. If you can't, and like you, you, you know, pay for the Alex, black eyed peas to come. If you can't. Well, I don't like that against, kind of music. Why if, are my student dollars going to pay you for that?
0: Argue against Alex Jones. You have no argument. And I think you that like need that you need to hear that argument in order to form your own opinion. if you do not hear that argument, then your opinion is facetious.
1: But do you invite somebody like um, who's like the leading Nazi of the day? I guess like, let's just go with Alex Jones. Okay. yeah, so you invite Alex Jones to speak to the you know to speak at the university yes. in October. Yeah. And then, you know, in November you invite AOC to speak. Like you keep it balanced. Yeah.
0: I think that's a great idea. The thing about it is college, and we said this earlier in the podcast, anybody 16 to 21 years old are stupid. They're looking for things to they they are looking for things to understand. They don't know things. If you do not present them with every argument, with every statement, with every perspective. And allow them to make up their own minds, then you are defeating the purpose of college altogether. My per- the, the the thing about it is, and and I think this is interesting, is it is the infantilization of our society. Is that mm. if we can't if we hear things we don't like that we disagree with then that somehow that's traumatizing. No, it is not traumatizing to hear things that you disagree with. It is it is a crucible for you, which you can then listen and decide what do I disagree with? And if I disagree with it, why? And then you become someone who has a credible opinion. If you do not have anything that Pushes against your opinion of the world. I, I, I mean, quite frankly, I'll be honest with you, it's, it's, it. It didn't. I can't believe I'm going to say this. It's why I guess part of me thinks that this whole uh, TikTok thing about the letter from a from uh, um, letter to America from Osama bin Laden. Okay, yeah, maybe the, maybe college students should read that. It doesn't mean they have to agree with it, but it's, it's, it's a very specific point of view. It's not entirely facetious. It's written by someone who has obvious intelligence. So you read it, and then you have to debate in your mind, do I agree with it or do I not? And if I don't, why? And that is the source of intelligence and inquiry and curiosity and that is what the entire concept of a university should be built upon and now an extraneous quote of the week to ponder as you consider life's pressing sources This quote is from Jean-Francois Revel.
1: Well, it's always a good quote if you can't barely pronounce their name. Go on. Yeah. Utopia
0: is not under the slightest obligation to produce results. Its sole function is to allow its devotees to condemn what exists in the name of what does not. again utopia is not under the slightest obligation to produce results (laughs) its sole function is to allow its devotees to condemn what exists in the name of what does not all right what is devotees what is that what does that mean devotees are the people that 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 ascribe to the concept of utopia
1: everybody gets what they need ah uh, one more time
0: utopia is not under the slightest obligation to produce results its sole function is to allow its devotees to condemn what exists in the name of what does not
1: yeah, that's fucking stupid. Okay, tell me why. I've always felt that utopia is the goal. It's the perfect way of looking at things. It is everyone has everything they need. That's why privileged fucks like me should feel obliged to want to kick and scream, right? Like that's that's it. So if you can't deny what exists. You have to keep moving forward to get, like you see, you see the utopia. And I, let me just say this: I don't think a utopia exists. Like, what is the utopia? Like, it's it it's muddled. That,
0: and I think when you utopia
1: that, is muddled, when you say that, you, you you confirm the point.
0: It doesn't utopia as an idea doesn't have any obligation to produce an actual
1: result. I is think a, that it, that is right goal, along the lines. It's goal. It's sort of like
0: a and I'm. A, this is why I picked this quote. Utopia is sort of like a lovely heaven in clouds with a great giant yeah. dude with a giant beard. It's sort yeah. of it's a fantasy. Utopia will never exist on a planet of nature.
1: It aligns right a. Al- Right alongside the the epigraph in Hope Idiotic, my new book, available on Amazon.com right now. It is. It's, it's a from, very good book. It's a very good book. People should buy it and read it. And leave comments and, you know, reviews and all and stars. Well, and the that. thing about it is, I guarantee you that Dana's, one of Dana's clients, will not review it. Well, it's because it's not about some. They didn't fuck anybody in this book. That's, that's why. That's all, that's all I'm saying. But I've got a, my epilogue or uh, my epigraph has this quote from Nietzsche. Hope in reality is the worst of all evils because it prolongs the torments of man. You know, it's that's a, that's a little extreme. Yeah, no, I, 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 it's I, extreme. It's extreme, but it, it hits the book. You know, you know
0: it, it works for the book. It totally works for the book. It's not your perspective at all. Well, no, it's not your perspective at all. Here's the thing, Don. You're an optimist. I remember we had a conversation
1: about your uh, emotional. It, it was the perspective of mine for a very long time. Fair, fair. Which impacted a lot of things in my life negatively. Because I held on to this idea. But I think that, you know, life is about balance. I was talking about this with my, my manager today at work. He and I speak the same language. He In August uh, Wilson. Yeah, you know, he is a you know he comes from Second City and theater and like we 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 ran very similar paths, which is yeah. why like when we first met each other, we're like, oh, we good, you. you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I get you. Yeah. So the other day we had a you know a team call and we were talking about like you know what's everybody's plans for Thanksgiving and he was talking about how he's going to. South Carolina to be with his family, and that th- his like his husband's sister is bringing a a like their second foster kid, and he's like, and I was just pissed because I thought there wouldn't be any babies. I thought it would be like teenager energy at best, but this like fucking baby is going to be there. Da-da-da-da-da. And he's just like being like a grumpy ass fuck about it. It was funny. It was the way he was explaining it was very funny. Yeah. And it was yeah. very fun and entertaining and charming in that way that, like, misanthropes like you and I can be very charming. Sure. And today when I was talking to him, I was like, I just got to say, dude, that fucking cracked me up. He's like, I know. As soon as I started doing it, I realized, like, oh, my God, everybody on my team loves babies. And I have got to get better about managing my bullshit. No, to the reality of things.
0: Tell him, tell him he's right, because babies. No, 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 no.
1: But what we started talking about was about the idea of the the character mm-hmm. versus the reality. Because he also ended the call with like, "Hey guys, I know that I lead with a lot of cynicism, but like, I am genuinely appreciative of all of you, and I, you know, like the, the goodness. Like you and I on this podcast are often big fucking dickheads." But you and i in this podcast are okay. often
0: you're a dickhead I'm oh a yeah real,
1: i'm a realist no, you're very kind and patient and I'm quiet a, and a, calm and realist. rational a, I am measured I'm really yeah very measured yeah good old measured don hall that's that's what we it is, it is. yeah it is and so right <laughs> now we're talking about just like the best because i thought what he was saying was fucking hilarious but i know there were people and our team like they get it it's fine nobody was offended it's fine yeah yeah yeah. but he was like i have got to do a better job as a manager to like realize that like not everybody i i've got to be more rational and calm and not so fucking cynical in my leadership stuff and i'm like yeah maybe okay fine but dude i just want you to know like i get it like There is a, you've got to balance the character. Utopia is there, but it doesn't exist because it's a fucking utopia.
0: Yeah, it's a
1: fantasy. Nirvana is not a real thing. It's a fantasy. It's an afterlife bullshit that cannot be proven. Yeah. You've got to balance all things. You've got to balance your hope. You've got to balance your realism. You've got to balance your cynicism. You've got to balance all of it. And that is what makes, that is what, that right there is what complicates all of our human connections as we deal with each other.
0: There are six things you should do this week.
1: My first thing, it's a watch. It is, where is it? It's Big Mouth. Uh, it's an animated show on Netflix. Uh, Nick Kroll, John Mullaney.
0: Very funny. He's
1: in, I think this is season seven, seven or eight. Seven or eight, yeah. And we, I, I know we've talked about this before. Um, and I was talking to a friend at work about this. Like, you need to fucking watch this show because it is. it is your junior high years perfectly encapsulated in the in the grossest most uncomfortable but r- relatable way my niece who
0: is the most woke person i know loves i got a wife she
1: loves it i got a wife it. she loves and my it my wife loves it because you she know what it does it. it makes it it really does a good job of bringing in the the female perspective of puberty mm mm-hmm. mhm and the awfulness and the pervertedness and the grossness that, like, girls are just as fucked up as boys going through oh, puberty. no question about it that girls it's are just amazing. fucked up as yeah. well. My yeah. first thing
0: is a read. It is by Max Fraser. It is in The Atlantic, of course. How the Kittlebillies Remade America. Oh, damn it. It's a really good article. It's it's a great read that kind of ba- breaks down why the Democrats have uh, kind of fucked over the working class. Yeah. In, in its own way. It's a really good read. I highly recommend it. How the Hillbillies Remade America. I think it will... It's one of the things as I read it, I'm like yeah i can see i can see a conservative revolution happening in 2024 and i don't like it um but i
1: i can empathize with it look at you look at you see see there you go my next thing this week is also how the hillbillies remade america <laughs> i cool. mean why mix it up like this we're recommending like two thumbs up yeah i mean yeah, this, two is, up. This, this is a really interesting
0: th- story and well well and not only it's well written it's
1: very interesting and it has a lot of insight and i feel like it's 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 gobsmacking as much as it is forehead smacking like, really, no shit you no know shit yeah.
0: yeah yeah i agree with that i agree with that my second thing is a, a read. It is by J. I can't say this last name. I hate it when this happens. Jay Stop Hacklian, Whatever. It is in Quillette.com. It is oh, called. God. I, I know. I like Quillette. Uh, not always, but sometimes they come It is called the Deadly Logic of decolonization hmm. and it is a really well-written piece that kind of breaks down the concept that a lot of our, our more uh utopian colleagues uh, see as decolonization and how that is not a rational or pragmatic approach to what is going on in the world and and so uh it, it's 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 a really the thing about it is not everything in quillette it, some things in quillette are a little bit too right-wing for me i'm like right wing ah. or left-wing no they're a little right-wing and i go oh, is is right-wing sometimes they get a little right-wing and i go
1: oh let yeah in my in my opinion but this piece do i not know what quillette is because i feel like quillette would be the left wing of things.
0: No, no, no,
1: no. They're a little more libertarian.
0: Okay. All right. But this particular piece, the deadly logic of decolonization, really, it does break down the misconceptions of what, when people say we need to decolonize things, it, 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 it's a very well-written piece. I wish I could say his name better, but uh, J. The Fatalian. Whatever. It's a good piece. It's in Quillet. It's called The Deadly Legend Decolonization. Well written.
1: My third thing is another read. It's in the Atlantic. How Reconstruction created American public education. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good that's a really along the same lines really of Billy's yeah, uh, Remade really America. Good. Like, really good. Which is it you know. It, we've been talking about this. Mm-hmm. The division in America, the mm-hmm. differences, the the, the the forthcoming civil war, the cold civil war. For years. For, I mean, how long years. has the AFCast been happening? Seven, five, seven, six, seven, seven years? years whatever. Yeah. And I think it's starting to fucking, like, really, like, History will look back on this and be like, "Oh yeah, like they were fucking." You idiots. look, you look back on a failed relationship and you're like, "Let's look at you and Dana." Yeah, you can go. Wow, I saw it you. The signs were there. It ignored them. on coming. I think that things are starting to like funnel a little bit. Well, we'll see. Where it's gonna be like we are fucking done, and it's like boom, the next date. Like the Atlantic release is a story about. America, democracy dead. America's over. And then the next day, front page of every newspaper, Putin jerks off in the American flag. On the other hand,
0: my third thing HBO Max. Blue Beetle. To watch. Really? Okay. Um, It's adorable. It's a great superhero movie. It is a movie where. The fact that the hero is Hispanic actually means something and not hmm. just as it's not just, hey, they're Hispanic because, well, we needed to just kind of fill in a, a, a number. We, we just needed to do a DEI thing. It's legitimately adorable and smart and fun. The bad guy is a, a, a white woman. I love that. In fact, it's Susan Sarandon. Okay. Um, and it stars the, uh, the, the... The Blue Beetle is the kid from... Uh, one of the main kids from uh, Cobra Kai. I
1: okay. loved...
0: The thing is, I watched this movie because I'm so disappointed with Marvel that I was like, okay, I'll watch a DC movie. And I i loved it i cried it it was very moving it's very family oriented the thing i loved about this movie and it surprised me was most superhero movies now start and they just go action 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 the first third of this movie is about the kid and his family and Mm -hmm. some of them are undocumented uh, undocumented mexican immigrants and it is part of the story it's not like hey we're just throwing this in to be dei it it, it's a i i found it to be quite charming i love this movie um i will i'll probably watch it again i really enjoyed it the blue beetle on hbo max it's silly it's not serious um but it is very moving it's very family oriented and it's funny as shit it's funny as shit nothing is funnier and it and, and it's a trope so it should be obvious but it is so well done is that you know he's got his family and part of his family is his grandma and when things get really really crazy Turns out that grandma was a revolutionary in Cuba. and god damn it, is she badass. Nothing makes me happier than watching an old lady with a giant laser cannon take people out and go and and everybody's going all of them, all the characters like, grandma, where did that come from? I'll tell you later. It's the greatest. It's so much fun. It's a really fun movie. Like I said, Susan Saran is the bad guy. Um, I love seeing any movie where the bad guy is a white woman. Rather than a white man. And I enjoyed it very much. So uh, all of that said, I really enjoyed The Blue Beetle. I highly recommend it for anybody that wants to just have a good time Watch a good superhero movie. Simple. It's not complicated. It's great. The There's. It, yeah, you know, I just loved it. It's very family oriented and
1: it's a very fun movie. I really, really liked it. And that's the show. That is the so show. Read the things, watch the things, be more goddamn empathetic, you fucking cunts.
0: You can listen to the Literate Ape cast on literateape.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you go to get that delicious podcast experience. If you enjoy the dulcet sounds of two white guys babbling about whatever comes into their stunted brains, leave us a review anywhere that, you know, re- reviews are left and share it with someone whom which you have a dubious relationship.
1: For information about Literate Ape Go to litteredape.com, of course, and check out the rest of our podcasts and our years of scribbling. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Van and Local Motive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at localmotiveband.com.
0: What to... the